What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You listen to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 100, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and the Netflix. Pick of the Week podcast. As we learned, it's episode 100. Uh, I am Josh. I'm here with Connor and Ron. Um, iFanboy.com is a place where we go to talk about comic books. And every week we read a bunch of them, and one of us will pick the best one from that week and, and write a review about it. And we come here and we talk about it on the show. Uh, before we get started, anybody in the store uh, who hasn't read their comics yet, we very well could ruin them for you. So if you didn't come to the show, you didn't know that, um, I'd like to apologize. We are live here in Jim Hanley's University of New York City, and there are way too many people for me to not be freaked out. <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow. You can hear it right now. Like, the show really sucks. Why does he... Oh, that's why. <laughs> okay. And and this is the 100th episode. It is We've the... done this 100 times. <laughs> when you say it like that... Yeah. Like, we've done it 100 times. 100 times, times over two years. So wow. it's crazy. So, well, so that said, Connor had the pick. Yeah, Connor had a pick. <laughs> no, no pressure. Um... This was a big week for books. Ron, you spent $88 at the store. $88, but I need to asterisk that. $88, 12 of which were an issue of Nova number 2 from 1976, I think. And what if, what if volume 1, issue number 1? Why? Because I got a deal on them, like 12 bucks. So. You buy that stuff for a light week. I know, but anyway. So. I had um, 17 books. I was up until late that night writing, looking, reading all the books. But the only book that had me looking forward to the next month. The no next one cares month, how many books I had. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? I had 17. This is the most books I've ever bought in a week. You see, you're, you're slowly becoming us. I know. We start, when we started doing the podcast, Josh bought like three books, yeah. four books, and we had to like, and he didn't read half the books me and Connor were talking about. Now you almost bought more than I did. I know. I'm not really enjoying it. <laughs> uh, all the books I read, there's a lot of really good ones. There's a lot of things uh, that I like this week, but the only book that I has biting my nails and holding my breath while I read the end of it was Criminal Number no. 9 from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Yeah. Vito likes that one. Um, <laughs> This we say this all the time. We like hyperbole here, but this might be the best comic book out out there right now. Currently being published. Yes. It's 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 definitely. It's definitely there are okay. I don't know if it's the best comic book being published. I mean, there it's are none better. better. Nova excluded. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's it's really really good. I mean, but the thing is that it, it's it's a really good comic book, but it's because it's off the beaten path of what comic books are. I think it's harder for other people to embrace it. But if they do, they'll it's worth it. You know. I don't know another book that the writing and the art 
art together are so perfectly meshed, yeah. and the story is so per- perfectly tied into the writer's strength. Yeah. This um, is the story of Tracy Lawless, who is um, somewhat sleeper-like. If you're yeah. Well, the thing, the one thing about this book, when you talk about the art and the and the writing going together, is that you know these guys have had a lot of practice together. They are. June and Johnny. You know, like, they are a team. They, that was the best I could come up with. That was horrible. John and, uh, Paul, John and Paul, maybe? Or? Yeah, okay, there you yeah, go. But, but they like each other. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've had all this practice. So, like, with Sleeper and, and, and Gotham Noir and uh, something else they did together. Like, it's clear, like, they, they've got that certain something special going they're on. They're simpatico. And they're uh, better at it now than they've ever been. And that's what you, you're seeing now, I think. Yep. Uh, this is the second arc. The first arc will follow was a guy named Leo, and he w- and he had a heist, and the heist went wrong. And that was sort of the the story was the after the heist. What happens when the heist goes wrong and you're you're in trouble? This is all of the pre-heist stuff. This is the the new guy in the gang, and he's also undercover trying to figure out who killed his brother, and all the tension that comes with being undercover and your life being in danger in any moment. About and you could if you say the wrong thing, you let something slip that's wrong, you can get killed. But at the same time, he's got to prep for this this crime, and he's got the gang to deal with, and he's got. Um, history and flashbacks to deal with and this is um, the second to last issue of the story arc and this is where everything now is starting to fall apart but it has to because we've had three issues of tension like where will it start to drop and then finally it does and somebody like looks at him and says his name so sure it will, Tracy. And like that's when you're like, oh, and now it's now it's got to start. Now it's on. And then and, and the girlfriend find, f- finds a picture she shouldn't have found, and then he goes to find confront who he thinks is the brother's killer, and this is where it's all happening. I, and I was shocked at how quickly it happened. How once the ball started rolling, it's like the it's like the you know line of dom- dominoes, and they just started falling. Really well, once quickly. things go badly, they tend to go badly quickly. And I didn't think he was going to reveal himself to the people who he thinks killed his brother until after the heist. Or like, like, like it was a revenge play, but that's he, why he writes good. Yeah, I, as I find out, <laughs> that's why he won the Eisner for best writer. That might be because he didn't do what Ron thought he was going to do. Right. <laughs> if I can fool this one guy, <laughs> and if you read the there's an inter, there's an uh, interview with him in the back, and if you read that, he says the heist isn't, in itself isn't the part that really excites him. Writing the heist is sort of rote. You can figure the heist out. Um, it's the before and the after of the heist. It's the interaction with the crew and everything yeah. that really excites him. And this is really where his strength lies, I think. He seems to really know the streets. It's a grimy book. Yeah, well, you said uh, in your review, and I, I think it's like the, the first arc was really, really good. It was yep. excellent. And this one is way better than that. Yep. Like, and it, like to say it, it makes it sound like the first arc was bad. It's no, not. no. It's just, this is even better. And, and I remember we were in a store the other day, and I, and I looked and, I, and on the shelves, and you could see a big stack of episode, or, or issue six, and a big stack of issue seven, and eight, and nine. I was like, oh, you can just... You know, some, they're there. They're still sitting there. People are not selling out, so you should buy them. Yeah, if you're not, I mean, if you're if you're a fan of comics, I mean, it won the Eisner for best writer and best new series. I think that's well deserved. I think it really is one of the best new series of the past year. Um, if you're a fan of Daredevil, if you're a fan of Captain America, if you're yeah. a fan of Uncanny X Men, this is better than I think all of those. Books. Wow. No, he's right. It's better than Uncanny. I agree. I can actually <laughs> admit that it is better than Uncanny. As much as it pains me to admit that, it's better than Uncanny right now. And 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 you know, also if you like this book and you haven't gone back and read Sleeper, yeah, wow, yes. you're you're missing out. I mean, yeah. Sleeper's like the book that that you finish and you go, wow, why did I not know about this the moment that it came out? I just gave Sleeper to a friend of mine in all four volumes, and she was just like, how did I not read this when it came out? It was like it's one of the and you guys, that was the same thing you guys gave me when I read Sleeper. I was in shock that I missed it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I was actually kind of pissed at myself. But um, and I was even more pissed because it was Josh. It's a Wildstorm book, and I've got Josh telling me this book is great. And I was like, how do I not know about this? How do you know? Because like you don't really read that much Wildstorm. Like, I, that's, I know, didn't even know what Wildstorm was at yeah. the time. <laughs> so so I think that's 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 the book. Sleeper is the book. I'm I'm in agreement with you this week. Criminal is the book. Sleeper is yeah. also the book, but it's not talking about right now. <laughs> there's people. <laughs> All right, so um, so it was really hard to pick what other books to talk about this time around, and actually we went, we went a couple of rounds, um, and it's funny because the same kind of titles keep coming up on the podcast if you guys listen and stuff like that, so it, was no, it comes to no surprise that The Spirit, once again, another one of the best new books that came out in the past year, um, we felt the need to talk about this week. Um, issue number 10. Um, before, we, Wacky. before we even get started, how awesome is that cover? Like, that's what blew me away on the, on the rack. Like, it, it, you know, like, uh, Darwin Cook, the work, the artwork that he's been doing, not just the writing, but the artwork side of it, has been probably, I mean, I, it might be better than New Frontier in my mind. And again, hyperbole, but like, especially, and mainly within the covers. You know, like, that's what's blowing me away with this book, totally. So, and, and, and the, you know, the, the colors uh, on this cover. Yeah, I hate to bring it up, but like, it's so obvious once you notice it, once you see, there was, uh, I think Dave Stewart did this book, and he also did Batman this week, and both of them, I was just like, my God, they're like you, there's it's you can physically somehow tell there's a difference between those colors and other other colors in books are just that much better. Um, that being said, I hated this issue. <laughs> this was like how many was this ten? And and every one of them I've been like these are great, these are better than the last. And this one I was just like that basically what it is it's a parody of of network news uh, or cable news. And I'm reading through it and the very first thing in it is a joke about it's not Rosie O'Brien, it's Dandy O'Lion. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, and, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cheap or whatever. And then I realized, I was like, oh, this is what the whole book is going to be. And for some reason, I just, it, I don't know. I, like the cutesy names that were, you know, close uh, approximations of the, of the people in real life. I don't know. Well, the story is someone's killing off all of the pundits in the world. Some, the, the Bill O'Reilly pundit, the, the Lou Dobbs, the Rosie O'Donnell. Um, uh, everyone has a double here, and they're all getting murdered. And I think it has a lot to say about the news. Uh, the reason I, I like this is because um, it's not even ideological. It's more about the, what do you do to get on the news? And what do you do to become important in the news? And how this person chooses to do it is to murder the competition. I don't know. And I, maybe it just felt out of place in the series or something like that. I just... Well, but every issue, I mean, every issue, with the exception of a couple, have been one-shots. So, I mean, and, like, the thing was, it threw me off, too, when I started because the, the, the story uses a, um, a plot device of, of the kind of the YouTube-esque kind of videos throughout it. Yeah. And it's, that immediately threw me off in the first couple of pages. But once I realized, okay, this is what it is and kind of accepted it, I guess, then I kind of I went along for the ride, and it was... I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, but I was thrown off in the beginning. It did kind of, you know, I'm like, okay, this isn't a normal kind of issue. Well, the, the other half of it being is that we left off at the end of the last issue, and it was like the first part of a, a bigger story, and all right. this stuff was going on. And then this, I was just like, what? It's, we interrupt this story for this other thing that just seemed out of place to me, I guess. And I don't even know if it was bad. I just, I didn't want it. So when in two more issues, when Darwin Cook is off the book, will this be the black mark on the run? Like, is this the jumping the shark point for you? Or? No, I think no. it's, I think, I, I always like an experiment in something, and even yeah. if it doesn't work, I can give it respect. I don't think I really enjoyed it, uh, but I, I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, it would have been great if it wasn't for that 10th issue. It's not yeah. like that. I just didn't really like it. Okay. That's fair. I think that's fair. What did you like? What did I like? <laughs> Let me look at the list. What did Anything? I like? Well, what if I didn't like the next book? Well, then we're in trouble. Well, but we're going to talk about Justice League of America number 13, or Injustice League, I guess. Yes. That's the thing. Um... 
It was okay. <laughs> I, you know, I could I could go either way. Well, you were you were the one who was uh, often contrary in that first arc for for or the first year for Justice League, Brad Meltzer's. You were the one who always seemed to like it. I did. I liked I liked there's something about Brad Meltzer's uh, writing that I I really quite enjoy. This felt um, well done. Uh, it was strong in in the basics of superhero comic book team stuff, but I wasn't terribly excited or intrigued about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a a B effort. You know, I wasn't excited about it. I, even when I'd read the... Not the, the, the first the wedding one. special. Right, the JLA wedding special. I, I enjoyed that a lot more than I did this. There were parts of this that I liked. Um, but somebody, I think, on the website pointed out like it was just like, watch parts of the team get knocked down one by one, bit by bit. Right. And, you know, that's what happened. Well, it's the first issue of the arc. I, mean, I know, but... What did you think? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, 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 I guess I kind of agree with Josh that it was a B effort, but not with such a negative connotation. Um, like, it was a B effort that I enjoyed. Everything I read has to be the best thing ever, or it's a failure. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, 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 I really like the idea of the Injustice League of America. I like the idea of, like, all the villains together and, like, that, you know, the, those huge stakes and that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to ignore the continuity issues. Oh, I was going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, tra- I'm doing my best to ignore that the, you know, that... that Technically, Ollie Queen, Green Arrow, is dead in the wedding special or injured, and here he's fine, and he's with Black Canary. I'm trying to ignore that. They're having a problem with the green characters right now <laughs> and keeping them where they're supposed to be. They're just like, well, let's not worry about the end of that big climactic story. Yeah, but, but that's good. But I understand why, because maybe not everybody's reading the wedding special, and Justice League is a big book, and like this is their X-Men, and like that sort of, you know, like or Avengers or whatever it is, so well, you need to be accessible. Stuff. Yeah, I know. But, but the, thing, the thing, though, is, is Justice League and these, these books never fully take place in continuity. Because exactly. they're all, all these characters are always together, and they you see. But they should. That's the that's the thing. No, no, that no, when no. they do, no, they can't. It's impossible. No, I don't but, care about that. But the JLA wedding special was in continuity. Yes. Like, it was a sequence of this, then the Black Canary. Wedding he didn't special, die that. He didn't die in that though. Right, but he. But the next thing was the next part of it. This could have been before the the actual wedding. Now you sound defensive, which makes me think you liked it. A lot. I liked it a lot. What I really like about <laughs> Dwayne McDuffie's <laughs> arc is that uh, it's everything that Meltzer's wasn't, which is there's lots of action, mm-hmm. but there's also lots of character moments. Dwayne McDuffie really knows the characters. Yep. And he, that, then he, that way he can show how much he knows them, but in the same time have them actually doing things. Mm-hmm. There's uh, things that I liked about this a lot. I think the, the art wasn't it, good. The art was not, oh my god. Well, it took me half the issue to realize it wasn't uh, Ed Bennis. Like, I didn't look at the credits and I was like, this kind of looks like, like, is Ed Bennis experimenting? And then I went back and I'm like, it's not even him. It's like, how do I, I gotta, and, yeah. and the thing was that I felt as if, yeah, that, the Green Lantern specifically, I felt yeah. as if it, in the issue he was changing styles. Right. It's mm-hmm. to the point where it became jarring, where like characters are early in the book look different than they look later in the book. Right. And this is this is like classic JLA storytelling. It's the team breaks up in the, in the parts, right. the parts all get defeated, and then they come together at the end and they win. Right. Wait, they're going to win? They probably will win. <laughs> Nuts. They may not win. People are dying a lot. Yeah. But are you? But are, but now with the, you know here are thirteenth issues of Justice League of America. After it kind of petered out when it was JLA. I'm finally of, happy. That's was my question. Yes. Are you finally happy? I'm finally happy. <laughs> all right, good. So the happy. first issue in a whole lot. No, no, I'm happy with the special too. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. So you're ha- almost happy in DC land for you. We always had number yeah. thirteen. All right. Um, so I was really happy because this week a lot of books that I love, love, love finally came out that hadn't come out in a while. And the first one was Astro City, the Dark Ages, book two. Um, did you do a double take on this to see if that was actually an Alex Ross cover? I did. I, I was like, yep. 
Oh, it right. doesn't look like Alex Ross. It looks like an Alex Ross sketch that they just colored. Well, that's anyway, but, Otherwise, he charges too much. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Astro City is one of, if you ask me, one of the best things about comics. Like, in the past 10, 15 years, Astro City is definitely one of them. If you haven't read it, I would strongly recommend it. Kurt Bisick is the writer. Uh, Brett Anderson does the pencils, and Alex Ross always does the cover. That's the kind of dream team. The other nice thing about it is that you could pretty much go and pick up any single volume of it if you were looking for trade paperbacks, yeah. and you could read it. It's this, it's this wonderful self-contained universe that you can read the individual stories. The characters are um, iconic. They um, they're true. They they they're kind of true to the what's good about comics and superhero comics and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it's been the um, schedule. Yeah, the schedule stuff. Kurt Busiek, you know, had a lot of health problems in the late '90s, early 2000s. He seems he tends to. Fo- it's the kind of thing where the thing you work on the most that you love the most you put to the side because you want to get it perfect and get it right. And so because we barely ever get it. Um, for a while, they've been doing this Dark Age story. This is book two. Book one finished. Uh, I don't even remember when it finished. I don't remember when the last issue came out of this. But um, I was so happy to see it on the thing and on the on the on the rack. And in the spirit of this show, I was so disappointed. <laughs> like I'm just like this story arc is killing me because I love this title so much and I love this comic. Like it's one of my favorite, and I get so excited to finally get one. And I'm like, and I couldn't care less about this. And the fact that it's book two, and I don't know how many more books are coming. Well, four. Uh, well, issue four, of book two, but there's going to be a book three. Well, yeah, so like in, in, the way I look at it, when I don't like a story arc, I look at well, the story arc will finish, and I'll get to another one. Like, there's always tomorrow. In 2012. That's exactly. Well, you know, it's, the, the way that this particular story arc works, though, is important to explain, is that Astro City works on a timeline. So the first sort of things all took place now, the first few arcs. And this one is taking place then, I think. Yeah. It's it's taking place in the 70s. Yeah. It's diving in the history, and it's taking place in the 70s. Yeah. Right? Um, and a lot of afros. It's uh, a lot of afros. Nothing at all. I mean, it's good. It's a good look. But, <laughs> Stop <yeah>. talking. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Actually, I really liked it. I like these two characters. It's a story about two brothers, one who is... A cop. A cop, and he's the straight arrow, and then one who's... Criminal. Yeah, a criminal, and he's the bad seed. Uh, And somewhere those two things will get mixed up, and one of them will either be redeemed or fall, and and that's what happens. But the the problem is is that there's like three or four subplots going on. You've got the Silver Agent um, plotline, you've got the Brothers plotline, you've got what's going on with this... I mean, like, and and it's suffering from the schedule. Again, I'm sure if I read this in the trade or in the collected volume, I'll love it and it'll be fantastic. That's the but, biggest problem is that exactly. I don't remember what happened in the last issue. I have struggled through. When you have a book that's this late, you have to, when you spend most of your time remembering what you read before, that's mm-hmm. a problem. It hurts. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do you it's, think that Brent Anderson is losing a step? No, I love Brent. The pencils I thought were great. I, I love can't Brent even Anderson. remember. Like it's, it's like you know, it's really funny. It's like it's kind of like somewhat like other art creators, like writers, like Chris Claremont, that I just somewhat give a pass to. Like mm-hmm. I'll criticize a little, but Brent Anderson is one of those people who I kind of give a pass like if anything because I criticized his work on Rising Stars because I didn't like it and and but even then it was good like anything he does I just like his look it's kind of it's very classic you know so it is yeah so that's just me I'm easy. Well, so um, all right. Well, at this time, we just want to take a break for those um, for those of us listening to the podcast as we're recording. We mentioned earlier we're here at Jim Hanley's University in New York City, and we want to take a moment to thank them very much for hosting this live show and um, tell everyone who's listening to the podcast how great of a great of a comic book store it is. Um, they've got, as you can look around, they've got a ton of merchandise. They've got uh, manga, superhero comics, indie comics, everything you could ever want. Um, so when you're in New York City, make sure you come to one of their two stores. Uh, we're here in the uh, Empire State Building. Uh, 
33rd Street store. We're not in the Empire well, across the street from the Empire State Building. And the other store is in Staten Island, uh, 325 New Dorp Lane. And I'm not going to badmouth Staten Island this week. Um, <laughs> so um, they're here. <laughs> so when you're in New York, uh, make sure you come to Jim Hanley's Universe. And when you're online, go to jhuniverse.com or you can go to myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, it's where art and literature meet. And uh, yeah, they're really awesome. Thank so, you so thank much. Thank you very much, Jim Hanley's. So um, the first. The, one of the other books I wanted to talk about was uh, this week we got like a, a double shot of Iron Fist. That sounds weird. I didn't bring the Iron Fist book, so I was taking, I was throwing off for a second. Um, <laughs> uh, and and the the annual came out at the same time as the as the regular issue. And if you didn't have Connor in the other room come in and tell you, make sure you read the regular issue first, not the annual first. You may not have known that. But the annual says this takes place before it said it. Right. In big letters. In big old letters on the first page. You can't complain. I can't because I yeah, had he did, I came in and told okay. him not to do that. Okay, good. I was glad to see that, though. Yeah. Oh, I actually read them in order by accident. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I read well, it. If you, had, if you, hadn't, known, if you hadn't known yeah. this one was first, you could have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I understand. But it said in big letters. Yeah, whatever. All right. Um, this, though, I wanted to... J- it continues the trend of Marvel annuals um, being good again for the first time yeah. that I remember. Not the first time. It's been a while now. but um, They're relevant. They are relevant. And I had two big issues of this, and I still wasn't sick of it. I, it was a good story. It was going. And the story took a complete left turn from what you yes. thought it was going to be a giant. And last issue, it was my pick of the week. And I was like, it's going to be a big kung fu tournament. It'll be no, fun. he loses. Two pages in. <laughs> it was on purpose. Okay. That's fine. And then it's over, and then it goes into a whole other thing. And I'm cool with that. I actually really like this one. Really? I'm glad. I am lukewarm in this book. I sometimes like it, sometimes don't. But I really enjoyed this one. I was disappointed the tournament ended ended early, but he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. The tournament's not over because there's a losers round, right? Um, but I love you know David Aja art. I love I love the uh, for some reason I liked it. I don't know. I mean I, I have a hard time pinning down why. The 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 only thing that I was upset about the tournament not going forward is that the martial arts stuff that it's David great. Aja does is stunning and like like I'm, I'll be real like oh. Ooh. You know, I'm, I'm making those kind of delicious food noises uh, when I read it, uh, and I would like to see more of that. What did you think of the annual? Um, honestly, I don't. I don't know if I could tell you where one ended and one began because I read them sort of right in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, they look different. Yeah, they did. But I'm a story guy. Yeah. Um, well, the, the second was all the flashbacks. It was, it was completely. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. Apparently, I didn't read these. <laughs> Again. Quickly, read it right now. I really like the annual. I mean, I I, I like. I don't know. I agree with you. I liked the, the, both the issue. Um, I liked the left turn. I liked it was unexpected. But I liked the annual as well because it had that real annual feel. Because it, it went basically what the annual was is that um, Danny Rand and is, look, is trying to find information about the previous Iron Fist, um, Orson, Orson. Orson Wendell. And no, Wendell Rand is his father. Wendell Rand is, yeah. So Orson, I'm, the other Iron Fist. Right, okay. That's his full name. I knew there was a Wendell in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing his last name was the other Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah it's so. a complete coincidence, too. Yeah. His parents, kind of they, were, they, were, there, yeah. they were farmers. <laughs> right. Um, but, so, um, but I liked it. So he went back trying to find more information about the previous Iron Fist that he didn't know about. And what we get is we have flashbacks. And the, again, it's using the device of using a different Iron Artist for the flashback than the art, the current story artist. So we had Howard Chaikin on the present day story with Danny Rand <laughs> and Dan Brereton doing painted art for the Orson story. The last time that I saw Howard Chaikin in a book, I believe, was one of the New Avengers ones, yeah. and, I, and it was the Cap issue. Yep. And I really didn't like it. I really liked it in this. Yeah. I thought it fit really well. I loved the crazy old man yep. who who <laughs> like storyteller. Yeah, yeah. And He's they, not very strong with the action. No. It's a little bit stiffer. I mean, there's a fight scene that if you compare, if you read it right after reading David Aja's art, it's completely, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's a letdown. But he does great faces, he does great talking, and that's what most of the book is um, in the stuff that he draws. So that was good. Um, 
it was a good it was a good one two punch. I know some people didn't like having to read two Iron Fist in one in one week, but I don't care. Better than being late. <laughs> it was it was already um it was already nineteen books. So, I mean, it was already at seventeen bucks, so I could just keep moving. But, right, um, I'm gonna go into autopilot for the next book. <laughs> I think I'm the only one here. Um, is anybody reading? Does anybody like Savage Dragon anymore? Am I the only one in the store? <laughs> <laughs> You're all crazy. Um, it's being published for you. So Savage Dragon, uh, issue number 132, finally came out. Um, Eric Larson, one of the Image founders, it's his. this is his baby, for That's those of you who don't know. It's a big, fat book. It's an 80, 80 pages of all-out action. Um, again, similar to Astro City, I don't know when the last issue came out. <laughs> I vaguely remember it. I might have been a 100-page giant. I don't remember. But um, for those who might not know, Eric Larson is, the, is currently the publisher of Image Comics, so he spends a lot of time publishing Image Comics. And not as much time working on his baby, his his comic, um, and so it tends to suffer. Because clearly it doesn't sell. Right, yeah, exactly. Which is a shame because, again, in terms of what's good about comic books, it's Savage Dragon is, if you ask me one of those things, it's one of those best things about comic books. Um, I don't remember what happened in the last issue. He provides a great recap. Um, <laughs> where he actually owns up this may not be the best uh, jumping on place for new readers after all <laughs> so he's aware of the screw up and he kind of mea culpa's at the end in his letters column but what you got of this was you got for six ninety nine. it's a high price tag Jeez. understandable seven dollars yeah but eighty pages okay seven dollars so eighty pages of, of new story I could get lunch for that. <laughs> and so what we got is we got a, drink, though. a standard a standard twenty two page Savage Dragon story, and then a really long rest of the page uh, backup story to some of the characters in the universe. Um, Does he vary the art style? Is that what I noticed when I flipped through there? Uh, he didn't actually do the art on the backup story. Ah, well, that would be why then. Yeah, exactly. And um, but what's great about this is that Eric Larson has written and drawn all one hundred thirty two issues. He's now at the point where he's coloring, and you, he has been trying to letter him, but he's given up on lettering and he actually got John Workman to do the letters which was awesome to see John Workman do them hand hand yeah hand lettering there will be no digital lettering on that book but it's truly a labor of love and it's great to see that he's just keeping it going and I hope that he gets it back on schedule he claims he will and if he does and he never comes up with a good jumping on point and you're not reading it I strongly recommend it so um, that's why I just wanted to plug Savage Dragon again again Maybe someday we'll buy it maybe someday or maybe not Um, (laughs) Teen Titans 51 I I think was the closest I came to someone threatening criminal for the title of Pick of the Week. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like, what are you staring me down for? <laughs> And I didn't even think we were going to talk about it. Like, I, it wasn't even on my stack. And you're like, are we going to talk about Teen Titans? I was like, I guess so. Did you not like it? I thought it was fine. This is um, just fun superhero comics. You know, I was excited for Sean McKeever, mostly because uh, the Adam Beach and stuff was sort of somewhat of a letdown. But he seems to really know the characters. He knows the history. He knows what has come before. Basically, the story is the future Teen Titans who've all grown up and become the Justice League are back and they're evil. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, I love the alternate timelines, yes. the alternate futures, and stuff like that. Right. So. so this is this is they have to face their future selves, what they're going to become, what what they're going to do. Yep. Um, are they going to become these people, or what are they going to do to not become these people? Because you don't want to be. They're not completely evil, right. but they're not people you want to be. They're not. They're not the. They're not the typical idea of the Justice League. Like the, you know, the the future Batman, who is the who is Robin. Tim Drake, who is the current Robin. Right. There with me, um, carries a gun. And so anybody who knows anything about Batman is that he doesn't carry a gun. So why does he carry a gun? Why is he a little darker, a little he, edgier? They're, they're more totalitarian than they are completely just evil. Like, they're not they're, um, they're not the crime syndicate. You know, they're not, like, they're, they're not, not totally evil. Yeah. But this this issue featured one of the best final pages of in a while. Yes. Uh, faced with the prospect of becoming this evil person, uh, what is Robin to do but um, put a gun to his head? 
to stop it from happening. Right. But he's not going to die. Maybe I mean, it's kind will. of like a false cliffhanger. Maybe. He's got his own book. Him and Ollie Queen will team up in heaven. I know, but it's like, there's not like another, as you say, there's not like another Robin. Because <laughs> there, there hasn't been like seven. But, um, it's, I mean, it's a powerful moment. It was not a powerful moment. Happen, if I, so. I only read Teen Titans. I don't yeah. read Robin and I don't read Batman. So it had resonance for me. But as a DC reader, you know this is a false, it's a false cliffhanger. I don't think he's going to shoot himself in the head what? seriously, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's about what the character's going to do. I will buy everything Sean McKeever writes for the rest of his career if he, should, if he has Robin kill himself in the next issue. <laughs> I, I said it. I'm on the record. I don't think that's good <laughs> enough. I think you've got to drop Savage Dragon. Oh, no, 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 X-Men. I'm X-Men. <laughs> no. You've got to only read DC books. I get angry. Shut up! <laughs> this is just a lot of fun. This is these, uh, Teen Titans is like the, the, the spine of the DCU. It always has been, and this yeah. is sort of bringing it back to its rightful place of being a really. He's a spine. I think it's more yeah, the heart. It's the heart like a liver. Yeah, I mean, isn't Justice League the spine? It's sort of the spleen. It's <laughs> the appendix. You don't yeah. really need it. You take it out if you don't need to. That's <laughs> the outsiders. Yeah. That is the outsiders. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's a lot of fun. If you're looking for a fun superhero book, Fifty One is a good place to jump on. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't read it. 50, well, it's the first story. It's the first story in an arc. So I mean, if you want the, why don't you read it? I don't want any more books. <laughs> you like good books? I know, but I have a lot of good books already, and I'm not interested. He in needs it. to save his money to buy ties. I, <laughs> I love you. I only. <laughs> I only have three. And they're all at least four or five years old. Um, all right. So the last book I just want to quickly mention this week is um, Halloween is coming. Um, you might have some kids in your life that you want to share comics with or whatever. A great way to do it is. Uh, Franklin Richards, uh, son of a genius, Monster Mash. Um, Chris Eliopoulos' uh, kind of little, uh, little, little baby, although that sounds weird. Um, but uh, a bunch of really five-page short stories that are really good for kids. I know we often talk, we have a lot of questions about comics for kids. Continually, the Franklin Richards series is probably one of the best ones to do. And I mean, I'm a dork, but I, I, every time one of these comes out, I'm excited because they're fun to read. And I give my kid criminal. <laughs> uh, and that's why he's going to come out screwed up. It doesn't go well. Come out screwed up. <laughs> so. I don't have a kid. <laughs> that yeah, you know, that you know of. Away. That you, that you're aware of. The, the, state, the state was like, we can't have this. I think I don't have a kid. <laughs> okay, well, now that we've got the books out of the way, let's dive into the, uh, to the audience participation part of the show. Right. Ooh. Um, we, uh, for the past couple of weeks, we've been soliciting emails from, um, from the Loyal Eye Fanboy Faithful. So we want to um, go through some of those, answer them, and then also take some questions from the audience if you all have any. Um, so that said, our first email comes from Will, also known as Six Gun on the uh, iFanboy forums. Hopefully some people here have heard of him because he posts a lot. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Will asks, uh, what is our favorite work of prose, and what comic would we compare it to? He doesn't care how absurd our comparison is, but we just got to find one. That's an interesting question. I can't say all time, but I can say that my favorite recent uh, work of prose is Cavalier and Clay, which you can compare to The Escapists. I'm out. That's a cop-out. Wow. Oh, you unbelievable jerk. Because I'm just all like, oh, there's so many books. How do you pick a favorite? I would say the thing that I most loved in recent years was I read the Baroque trilogy from Neil Stevenson for a year. Because it's like a bajillion pages, three books that are all about a thousand pages. Um, and I can't compare it to anything, but he told me I have to. So. No matter how crazy. Science. Um, science. History. Fantastic Four. 
I've not, go. You talk for a minute. I'm going to think. Well, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. My two favorite books ever, um, and they're cliche, but um, uh, On the Road by Jack Kerouac and uh, The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. And fucked if I can compare those to a comic book. I guess Ex Machina for The Fountainhead, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not very smart. I can't help you. I've never read either. <laughs> um, on the Road could be, I mean, it could be compared to any sort of like. Ooh, the, the Green Lantern, Green Arrow on the Road. Yeah, the Denny O'Neill thing or something like that. Or it could it could be compared to any kind of, you know, like uh, feel relationship-y kind of book, I guess, but with a lot of drugs and drinking. I'm going to say Preacher. And here's why. It's not a book of prose? Oh. No, no, no. To, I'm right. comparing the Stevenson books to Preacher, and here's why. Oh, you're back on your thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. We're not polite. Um... <laughs> Because uh, when you read those when you read those Stevenson books, it's crazy, and it's just like everything gets thrown in, and it keeps taking left turns, and it keeps doing things, which is the thing I liked about Preacher. Because it, I can't I can't explain either of them. If you were to say what is this about, I'd be like, oh, I, it would be impossible to explain. And and that's what I like about those things, which are so different and so other. Um, that's that quality of that work that I like. All right, all right, cool. <laughs> that's enough of you. We got a lot of these, Josh. Uh, Paul from Boston. Is Paul from Boston here? He said he might come. Okay. Oh, well. No. I miss you, Paul. All right. He says, uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? I always go for the whole tele- telepathy mind control thing because that helps me get what I want. <laughs> but um, these days I'd probably go for uh, long-distance teleportation. Yeah. Um, I would choose Jamie Madrox's power <laughs> because uh, I've got a lot to do, <laughs> and I don't like to do all of it. You, so you would, instead of finding a way of getting out of the work, you would, yeah. you would streamline that's, it. That's a can-do attitude. I'm shunning my responsibility. I'm just going to multiply myself to do all, right. all right. And the what man gets to sleep. But what if in reality it's like Michael Keaton multiplicity, and they get dumber as you get the dupes? <laughs> Some of the work can be done by dupe, dumb dupes. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. About eight hours of the day is wasted on dumb dupe work. <laughs> Five days a week. Anyway, um, I would probably go with... Can you? Can I choose the telepathy sure. uh, and and telekinesis at the same time? The Jean Grey. Yeah, that's you fun. can pretty much do everything at that point. Yeah. You see, that's the problem. But you can't you... dupe yourself. Well, right, but you could just like you could you could you could use your telepathy to tell Josh to do your work. I could figure out the right. I could yeah. figure out the best way by looking at you to get you to do the things I want you to do. We're not good people. No, I'd wear that. Stop you from doing that. Yeah. Anyway, good luck. Don't do. make me do more. All right. So our next, you would have the do power, so it's fine. <clears throat> Oh, Stuart from the UK. I'm going to read it badly now. <clears throat> Wait, what, what part of the UK it's, should it sound like? It's from London. London. Oh, it's London? Yeah. Should I do the scary one? Yes. All right. Congratulations on your 100th episode. <laughs> I'm enjoying the hell out of 52, thanks to your recommendation. Can I ask you what you think of Countdown so far? You think it's going to be as successful as 52? <laughs> That, no, that accent always freaks me out. It's, just like, it's like the scary guy in the bar who you I asked you a accident. bloody question. <laughs> you got an answer and it's not flapping your gob. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, no, Countdown is not going to be a successful 52. That doesn't mean I don't like it. It's selling a lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's not selling as much, but it's... it's you know, it's it's the follow-up, and it's got a different team. It's not going to be as successful, but it's it's enjoyable for what it is. Not to take away from it. I just no, like I think the, yeah. the reason I'm still reading is uh, so you two won't yell at me. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, because you got a beating coming if you stop. All right, he's got a second question. <laughs> Have you ever read Crossing Midnight by Mike Carey? I read the first trade and thought Carey was at his finest with creepy magic and intriguing characters. 
And now I'm going to answer my own question. Uh, I've, I'm reading it. I think I'm the only one, yep. obviously, because it's a Vertigo book about magic. Um, <laughs> I'm reading it. It's great. They're on issue 10 or 11. I think 11 just came out this week. It's really good. It's about um, Japanese mysticism, and, and it's sort of like... Yeah, sounds like nothing I'd ever read. No, I know. Nothing it is, I'd ever bother. But there's, there's also uh, very nice though, teenage prostitutes. <laughs> hey, that's good. In the last couple issues. Uh, sorry. And how, <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. It was, <laughs> I, I totally baited him there. He did. He I know. Did. It's fun. It's very good. You should read it. If you liked his previous work on Lucifer or you like, um, like Sandman kind of stuff, then it's a great book. Mike or Mike Graham Six from the forums from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada writes, um, on particularly heavy weeks, how do you choose which books to discuss in the podcast and don't go there again? <laughs> I'm awful. How do we choose what books to... Um, well, essentially, this is kind of behind the scenes, but um, each week, one of us does the rights to the review, and as soon as we finish writing that review, we send an email to the other two saying, here are the other books I think that should be talked about. That person is the producer. Yeah, it's the producer. Right. And that person then emails <laughs> and says the other comics that they want to talk about, and then we kind of fight it out until we record, and we, you know... That's, sometimes really we no slip, sometimes we slip one in there and we know it's the other two and yeah. we really want to talk about so, it. Sometimes we forget that he said he wanted to talk about that book. So it, <laughs> a lot of times what will happen though is that you'll end up with either way too many books and I know that yes. like, like it sounds horrible like well we don't but we don't want to go forever. We put a time limit on it so we we try to do you know we try to do just the right amount. But then some weeks there's just not enough to talk about unfortunately. I have forgotten to mention that Mike Graham sent in about Ten questions. We're going to do some of them, but not, not doing them all, Mike. We apologize. Um, but thank you, because he covered us in case no one else did. Uh, <laughs> how does one apply to be an intern? I have the shirt. Now what do I? Now what do I have to do? And what does the job entail? Will I be stuck basically cleaning Ron's toilet? Ron, will he? My toilet's really dirty, so please. <laughs> that sound that came out awful. I <laughs> didn't want to get off. So so far this week we got Ron Oops. with a dirty toilet, <laughs> love <laughs> Japanese <laughs> prostitutes, and I think there was one other one. <laughs> Oh, I know what the other one, the Afro thing. Yes, the Afro one, yeah. Again, I'm sorry. Hate Staten Island. Yeah, hate Staten Island, yeah. It's the bridge toll. Have you driven there? It's like, hey, it's like, it's like I need a mortgage to drive over there. It's the guy with the Afro who said it. Are you a Japanese prostitute? Um, so how does it get to be an intern? Uh, essentially, just buy a shirt. That's pretty much it. Now, um, if you wear the shirt and we see you, you're going to have to do stuff for us. Yeah. No. Like, so essentially, yeah, essentially, the, the, any anyone can become an intern if you want to hang out with us and help us. That's pretty much it. Or you so. could have gone to college with us. Or date us. Or marry us. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, Mike also asks, "What is our favorite comic book crossover?" Extinction Agenda. It's my favorite crossover of all time. Were we ready? He it's just did the little clap. There was a peanut gallery back it was, there. It was, it was the culmination of the height of the Jim Lee X-Men Claremont era. Era. Era is era. a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1990, 1991, it, was, it spanned Uncanny X-Men, New Mutants, and X-Factor. Isn't that the era that made comics? You know, no, it was before it went bad. We had Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Wills Port Port Portacio, Portacio, Portacio. Um, I can never say that. Um, it was fantastic. It was one of the only crossovers where you had to buy every book to read each one, and I had no problem doing it. It was it was a blast. Josh, I almost shuddered to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no Man's Land. 
No Man's Land is no an Man's excellent Land, one. And in the same vein, uh, this was, what would it been around, 2000? 99. 99-2000. Uh, big earthquake uh, takes Gotham City out almost completely. It separates it from the rest of the country. It's so all, there's no Man's Land. Cataclysm. And then Aftershock, and then No Man's Land are the three sort of events of the. It was a year long event. Every Batman book, it went every week. There was a book that came out, and, I, and honestly, I can't imagine a book coming out. It was like Greg Rucka and Alex Maleev did some of the yep. art, and Bob Gale from did some of the writing. It was, and it was excellent. good all the way through. Every bit of it was good. That uh, was the last consistent, sustained good run of Batman books. Every book was really good. Yep. And and I, there isn't there almost I couldn't imagine a thing today where they, where I buy every book in the line. I'm not going to buy all the Spider Man books. I don't want to do all that. Right. But like back then when I had like. I was broke. I'm still broke. But, uh, you know, like I wouldn't. I was going to say, uh, for me, Crisis and Infinite Earths, which is a cop-out, but I think I'm going to go with yours, which is another cop-out. I just out-Batmaned him. Yeah, you did. Wow. Fascinating. Yes. All right. Our next email comes from Lewis Quack of the Quack Talk podcast, which you also check out. Um, also a, a contributor on the forums. Um, he asks an, a, an intriguing question. Let's say iFanboy, the podcast, ceased, uh, ceased to exist, and each of you was to continue on with your own individual podcast. What would it be about, i.e. subject matter or a different hobby, and why? This is a good time to make my announcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is funny. This, you, this is, you tell it. It's very, it's very similar because 2005, when the podcasting thing kind of started, we started doing this podcast. 2005, the and then we started doing the Fanboy podcast because we already had the site. And then it's safe to say that I got a little podcast crazy. Yes. Um, and I was like, I'm going to podcast about everything. And so I launched something called um, Mozcast, which was a podcast dedicated to Morsi. Um, <laughs> which don't laugh. It lasted two episodes and got my picture on the wall in the Southwood Lads Club. And if you know anything about the Smiths, that's a I'm in the Southwood Lads Club. Um, but after two podcasts, I stopped. Um, and then Connor and I were going to... And actually, Allie was in the back there. Was yes, Allie was going to be on it. We were going to launch a podcast called KieferCast, which is going to be all Kiefer Sullivan, Sullivan, Sullivan all the time. Because the dude never stops. He just got picked up on a dually. Yeah. I, in fact, I still might do that. I own KieferCast.com. Don't think about it. But um, So you might see that coming soon to, uh, to a podcast near you. Josh, I can't beat any of that. <laughs> we were on. The, we, we had a gra- graphic. We had a website. We were. We had Ali was on board. We were going to do the. You know, the you know what the best part of this is that I know this is the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Well, it didn't happen. It's, it's like they were going to have a coup and not tell me. It's as if it's as if like they were going to leave me. They've already got an apartment rented. <laughs> and and just like at the last minute, oh Josh, we won't see you again. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do this thing. L- luckily, life got in the way. Yeah. So, because um, I don't know if that would have been a good idea. Yeah. I can yeah. talk about anything. But did so you, doesn't really did you see when he jumped on the Christmas tree? Yes. Oh, my God. We were going to lead with that, I think. Yeah, that was our lead. So yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, our next question is from Paul, who's in the audience. Paul, come here. Do you want to read the question, Paul? Come read the question, Paul. No, no. Uh, you do a podcast. Come on. Here. here. Yes. Here's your question here. The script? I don't remember what it said. It's right here. <laughs> All right. Paul. Parentheses from Philadelphia, PA. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Congratulations, Connor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, bonus points to Connor for never missing an episode. Claps. All right. Connor is the Iron Man of podcasting. He's like the Lou Gehrig. That's right. I'm gonna die soon. <laughs> that was my other announcement. That's horrible. <laughs> Invincible is one of the most frequent recommendations from the iFanboy crew. But what if Kirkman left the series and a new writer had to take the reins? Who are your top three choices for his replacement? What could these writers bring to the series? Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, let's hear it from Paul. He stole my script. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost without this. 
so uh, um, we talked about this actually over dinner tonight. Yeah, we did. And I think we we're you know kind of it's polarizing. Um, it, it, Invincible is Robert Kirkman, so it's a little bit like saying, I don't know, what is the West Wing without Aaron Sorkin? I mean, it sucks. That's what it is. And uh, Not better. Yeah, I haven't made it past that point though, because it's no. But I, I, I think Josh and I fall in the same camp. Because I don't know that I would continue reading it. I don't read the Brit book that doesn't have Kirkman on it, which isn't even as important, or to me as invincible is. Uh, I can't imagine anybody else writing those characters. I'm sure someone could, but I mm-hmm. refuse to think about it. Ron, I completely disagree with the both of you. I think that the mark of a good character and the mark of a good comic book universe is the ability to have multiple creators work on it. If imagine if Fantastic Four ended when Stan right, right, Jack ended. Uh, what if What if Terry Moore had stopped doing Strangers in Paradise? And just gave it off Ooh, to somebody else. You had right. to go there, didn't yeah. you? you had to, it, Suck you know, it. But Strangers in Paradise is in a superhero. It doesn't matter. Story, story, story. Well, to answer Paul's question, I think Dan Slott could write very well for Invincible. Oh my God! What? Really? Yeah. No. Why? Uh. <laughs> no. This is like our, our normal conversation. <laughs> no, but I think Dan Slott could do it. I think um, I think Jay Ferber could do it. Dynamo Five. I think I think anybody who's got a, a, a good idea of what a good superhero book can do, if you have the template and the characters there and the, and the history is rich enough, you can do it. So, who would be a good replacement for Terry Moore and Change the Paradise? Nobody. Don't go there. It's not fair. I mean, I understand what you guys are saying, but yeah. So I I don't have an answer. <laughs> That's why we made you read it because I didn't have anything to say. Uh, Ross says, congratulations on the 100th episode. I've listened to the podcast in Thailand, which is famous for scantily clad women on its pristine beaches. The Philippines, famous for its scantily clad women on its pristine beaches who are patrolled by guys with guns. In Japan, famous for its ninjas, some of whom could be scantily clad women. Or, and on numerous flights with United Airlines, which is famous for its shit service and seats with legroom that have shrunk about 85% of the normal size. Ross is funny. Uh, and through all these podcasts, I have one burning question. How on earth did Cra- how on earth did Hunter get the nickname Connor? I can see that Craven would have been too obvious. So what is it? A tribute to the Terminator movies, or was it the Highlander? There can be only one answer. That is. That was his, again. That, that's his joke. Ah, uh, yeah. I would like this joke to die. <laughs> um, it was funny for a few weeks. For, for those who don't know the history of it, is that uh, a couple of months ago we started soliciting our um, our audience to record the opening for our show, uh, mainly because we're lazy and we got tired of doing it. Uh, no, because we wanted to participate and it's cool and fun to do that. Somebody sent one in that was really good, but in the intro he said, every week on iFanboy, Ron, Josh, and Hunter talk about the greatest comics. We don't know why. Like, he said why. He said he, was, he, he knew someone named Hunter and it was on his brain and it just yeah. went wrong. So Recording. Do it again. So, <laughs> I didn't realize what he did. <laughs> so we jumped all over that. We laughed about it. And for the past, what, four months, you've been, people have referred to I as Hunter? I think people seriously think my name is Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they were smart, they know it's Connor with two N's. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is this closes the book on the Hunter joke. There's yes. no, no more Hunter emails. So we're not going to play any more Hunter voicemails. Memoriam on Hunter. Hunter is dead. Long live Hunter. So. Yeah. Although if I need an alien. Moratorium. What did I say? Memoriam. Oh, okay. That's close. That's how Hunter showed up in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Alapopism. So if you want to write an email and uh, have a, your question answered on the show in a future show, you can send us an email to contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, Netflix.com is over 75,000 titles, and they've got no late fees, and they've got free shipping both ways and super fast delivery. They do it both ways. Uh, <laughs> plan started... That wasn't even me. Plan started as low... Because it was too fast. This is a sponsor. <laughs> Well, I started, I have no idea. I have no idea. None. 
<laughs> Plan start as low as $4.99 a month, and if you go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy, you get a two-week free trial uh, at Netflix. Good. Uh, so normally here we do voicemails. Does anyone in the audience have a question? You are going to be a live voicemail. We do live voicemails. Anyone. And if nobody does, why do that? Come forward one at a time. time. Yeah. You come, come forth. If you could just tell us your name and where you're from and then ask your question, that'd be awesome. Okay. Um, my name is Julian from Queens. That's it? All right. Um, I heard the next... Represent! Ex- a story. Yeah. Okay. I roll in Queens. That's how it is. Okay, that counts. Uh, all right. The next big X book is Messiah Complex. I want to know if I want to jump onto that. What other books prior to that should I read? What now? We would do that. What other books to read to catch up to Messiah Complex? I don't know, to be honest with you. He stumped him. He stumped me. Only because it's hard because I don't know where the what threads the storyline's picking up from. Currently, they're doing the endangered species thing where Beast is tracking all that kind of stuff. What I would do is I would, Marvel will probably put out like a prologue, like kind of like they did that with World War Hulk and yeah. There's a twenty-five cent right there. That's exactly what you need. Uh, Marvel puts out a little Daily Bugle newsprint thing and see it says Messiah Complex. Read that. Okay. And then, yeah, and then you'll be all set. Yeah. <laughs> and just buy the book. Saved by the Vito. Yeah, thank you, Vito. <laughs> yes. Vito Del Sante, everybody. Thank I'm you. So, <laughs> so, thanks. Right. Anybody else have a question? Or? All right, big yanks. His reputation precedes him. <laughs> Because you're a Mets fan, and I'm a Yankees <laughs> nah, fan. Don't talk about the Mets. <laughs> Some oh, big Yanks, oh. Dan. <laughs> we were pulling the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's seven three in the fifth. Oh, oh, I know. Anyway, okay. well, I guess we dated when we were doing this. Big, <laughs> big Yanks, take it away. All right, so I just bought the Captain America Omnibus and the New Frontier Absolute. I got two questions. What's the best way to read them? Because it was a pain to read them on the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any other recommendations for omnibus or absolute editions? Those are not travel books. Those, yeah, are, those, those are not taking the subway books. Those are keeping home nice kind of coffee table kind of thing. Omnibus I carried in my bag. Yeah. Like, yeah. It stayed a little. You're a bold man to take an absolute omnibus on the, tra- on the, on the uh, train. Yeah. Ron actually reads his in a, in a hermetically sealed room. Yeah. <laughs> There's no air gets in. There are no controllers, controllers in that room. It's like Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to take the slip. I've got a stack of slip covers in my, in my office room. Do you realize how backward that is? Why? The slip cover is to protect the book. But it's so pretty. You protect the slipcover. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, that's, that's like, well, I took my jacket off so that it wouldn't get rain on it. <laughs> that's why you have a jacket. The slipcover has the best Thank cover. Thank you, yeah. It fixed the best cover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The slipcover. Says the, the guy who brings his giant book on the train. <laughs> Without the slipcover, though, so I want to read it. It's the best time. I have a daughter. If I'm, I can't read it at See? See? You can't read it at home. You can't read it on the train. Why don't you buy them? <laughs> no, I do read them on the train. I'm just saying it was a pain. To read it on Did the you train. give your daughter criminal? <laughs> um, Jonathan London Moses. But when nobody's home and it's just us, I'll just watch any movie I want. So we've seen Penn's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, this is being and she, she has internet, right? She's <laughs> 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 um, No, she's still TV. She don't know what she's watching. She saw the monster. She's like, ah. Do you like Watchmen? I haven't read Watchmen yet. Yep, there you go. There you go. The Watchmen Absolute Edition. Okay. That's a beautiful book. 
and yeah, and you can get it right up there. Yeah, and you can get twenty percent off using a coupon. I love yeah. my coupon. That's, <laughs> that's a sizable discount on a book of that um, price. There's, um, I'm a big fan of the, and there was an email that we didn't get to answer that talked about the Silver Age. I'm a big fan of the Fantastic Four on the bus. Okay. Um, there are two volumes out. Volume one's kind of hard to find, but it's it's Jack Kirby art printed really well, and from a historical standpoint of what's good about comics, I'm a big fan of that. So. And all, yeah, and, and the, the only other one that you didn't mention uh, is the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, uh, I mean are, that. Those are kind of road. I mean, those are the obvious ones to say. I know, I know that, but yeah. like, like that's the one you need to have. Yeah. I don't own many, many of the absolutes. Whoa, he doesn't, yeah, like like Frank, he doesn't like Frank Miller. I don't really love everything that he does, yeah, but I, I just reread those recently. And even The Dark Knight Two, which I originally didn't think was very good, I I really liked a lot more. He killed All Star Batman. Yeah, that book is not indicative of Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. That book, I don't read that book. What did he do to Wonder Woman? I read that and I put it down. I was like, that's what it's done. <laughs> Thank you, big gang. Thank you. All right, next. Uh, actually, we go Dan and you. Oh, Chris, sorry. Hey, I'm Chris from Long Island. Um, Ooh, yeah, I that? take off my slipcover when I'm wearing, reading the Daredevil on the so, yeah. Yes, I think you, you find more and more people taking the slipcover off of that. You do. That's because comic fans are obsessive compulsive. Yeah, but I take them to school, too, so, you know, one study hall. Okay, but anyway, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, what music do you watch or listen Whatever. Oh, do you listen to when you read comics? Ooh, ooh, good question, Josh. <laughs> I don't know if I normally do. I tend to put on something like that. I don't. That doesn't have a lot of words or things that I have to concentrate on. You know, like like. Are you distracted? Well, like if yeah. you like. Just singing along. Think like a bad religion song, which is just like a big essay on politics. Yeah. I wouldn't listen to that while I was reading comics. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't put music off for, for the books. I, um, I usually have something in the background, but usually television or something, but not, not music. Music, I, music I, gets too catchy and gets inside your head, whereas television used to be white noise. I always listen to music when I read my comics. Well, then, fantastic. And, uh, and it's hard to say what I usually listen to, but I'll tell you what I listened to this past Wednesday. Uh, I listened to a band called The Fleeting Joys, um, which are really good, and they sound a lot, lot like My Bloody Valentine. And then after that, I listened to My Bloody Valentine. So, because um, they reminded me, I was like, you need to listen to Oh, well, there you go. Bad religion, representing. So, all right. Next. Thank you. Next. Thanks. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm from Staten Island. Uh, oh. <laughs> Damn the troll. Yeah, I know. He's not going to get home till like 4 a.m. <laughs> um, I just heard your special edition podcast about the Superman Doomsday DVD, and I wanted to know if you guys thought it would have been better if they had done it in two parts, the first part being the battle with Doomsday completely with the Justice League at the beginning, and then Superman when he came in, and then have the second volume be the reign of the Superman. As it actually was in the comics, instead of the way they did it, just kind of meshing it all together. No, <laughs> uh, no, I am. No, 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 no. I, I think I think what they did was they took a story that was necessary, right? Uh, they market that DVD not just for people who in the room who read all the books, but people who watch cartoons, uh, watch the Justice League cartoons. People like that don't need the Justice League. They don't need Booster Gold. They don't need Green Lantern and Mongo. They don't need Steel and Superboy. That's Mongol? Mon- Mon- Mongol. Mon- Mon- Mongol? Yeah. As in, I never heard of him. I'm sorry. I never heard of no, eh, no, It's anyway. not important. It's not okay. important. Uh, that's too much to, dis- to explain. You know, the most important element is Superman fights Doomsday and he dies and he comes back and takes back the city. 
and that's, it would have been an hour and a half of animated fighting. But, but, but regardless, the right length. It was seven regardless, minutes. The, is perfect. The, the important elements of the story are there. Whether or not I probably would have enjoyed a more faithful adaptation, but but I've read the books. My brother, who hasn't read the books, likes the movie for itself because he doesn't know and it probably wouldn't sit through uh, explanations about who the characters are. See, and that's the problem with converting these comics to movies and TV shows, stuff like that, is because like we're all rabid about it being exactly like the page. I'm not. It, well, yeah, except for he's a freak. Um, and but then when you get beyond us rabid comic fans, you know, it, that's they just gotta the make money off yeah, DVDs. Exactly. Yeah, it's got to. Which really apparently. Put this one out now, and then put the next one out in November. Or right. When Christmas is coming. Could've... I bet you. I bet you the second one wouldn't have sold well. I mean, keeping it in one D. Yeah, that no, would have been cool. It definitely would have been cool. But yeah. So. But we know from someone in the animation that sold very well. So there are definitely going to be a lot more of those direct to DVD and DVD uh, DC book. And, and apparently, even Bruce Timm admits that the cheap. Line yeah, things that were a mistake. That cheek line killed me. Yeah, it was like a huge scar. Yeah. He, he, he looked a lot better at first. I he didn't miss that was a mistake. Yeah. Cool. So, thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? Sir? All right, cool. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for asking your questions. We really appreciate it. And on future shows, if you have a question that you want to call in, you can call our voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. That's become like an ex- – it's like it's – I don't even think about it when I I can do it in my sleep. Um, Just to be, we'd be going, fanboys. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> look at my phone. All right, so everyone who's here in the room, if you were here before the show started, uh, we had we did a little contest doing a giveaway, and we had people answer some trivia questions. We went through the trivia questions and picked out all the right answers. Answers. Uh, now we're going to reveal the winners. Yes. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I don't even know what question I have. You want to read the question and then the answer and well, say who won it? I'm going to, but right. I, I We didn't talk about this in advance, so yeah. this is so, completely uh, not prepared. on the fly. Yeah. The, prize, the prize is a $20 gift certificate to the Jim Haynes Universe. And the first winner is uh, for the question, which of the following... Oh, these are questions that were all having to do with the podcast the last 100 episodes. Which of the following writers never had a pick of the week? The choices were Paul Jenkins, Garth Ennis, Chris Claremont, Robert Kirkman... And the correct answer was Garth Ennis. And the winner was Epstein. Epstein. Leo. Yeah. Hey. Hey. There you go. I do. I do. Take your commemorative slip and your gift certificate. We we like Garth Ennis. We did a show about him. He's never been pick of the week. Never been pick of the week. Amazing. We should probably buy his books. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Um, question was which series there's a typo in here so which wrong yes there's All a typo right. which, se- time. <laughs> which series has been chosen the most times as the pick of the week and just for fun guess the number um, but nobody did that um, some people yeah, did yeah the winner didn't the winner didn't um, the answer is Daredevil and the winner is Chris DeSorbo yo <laughs> hey. you keep your just to note, only two people got that one right, so, yeah. It was seven times? It wasn't seven? I yes. don't know. I don't read the site. You know what the number it's one was? Boom, boom. Number one, the number, that was the number one. Oh, great. You're the second foot. Oh, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very tired. All right, I'm going to just pick this one. Um, and then this question was, which writer has had the second most pick of the weeks? We I, said that because we thought that the first one would be pretty obvious. Who, who would... I'll say the answer. We'll tell you the first one. Uh, the, well, the, you know, the, the, the most pick of the weeks has gone to uh, Bendis by a lot. A lot. And then the writer with the second most pick of the weeks was uh, Ed Brubaker. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and the winner, um, and I swear to God I didn't do this on purpose, but it's, it's uh, paper. Paul. Uh, <laughs> 
So thank you all for playing. We really appreciate that. Um, so we start wrapping up, but before we wrap up, we have a, a, a small shout out, right? Uh, of course. Uh, we had our first iFanboy baby this week. Not us. But <laughs> someone on the website. I, uh, I told you, I don't think I have one. <laughs> there, there may be. Little Connors around, little bald kids. Uh, Jimski, who, who we know from our website. Uh, Jimski from St. Louis. And, and Mrs. Ski, as much as we know of their name. They had a baby. And the, the thing about this baby is that the forum actually willed it into existence. Right around the time the show started, uh, they announced that they were pregnant on the thing, and like, yeah. it was sort of the first community gelling thing, so uh, we don't know what he thought of his books this week. So that's <laughs> He's really kind of busy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So. He's just but, looking at it going... <sighs> <laughs> so congratulations to Jimski, one of our longtime uh, contributors at iFanboy.com and in the forum, so congratulations. We're very happy for you. And that that's our show. That's our show. 100, 100th episode in the bag. A little, um, little bit of business? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Wow. They just keep clapping. They just keep clapping. Um, so this is the part of the show that you all probably turn off the podcast, but we have to do it anyway. So um, make sure... Make sure. I know. It's getting longer and longer every time. Um, I see something stupid at the end, though. And it's like, ah, ah, ah. Um, so make sure you head over to iFanboy.com. If you all listen to the podcast and you don't go to the website, you're missing out. There's a lot of great discussion about comic books. If you're into comic books, um, like we are, uh, we love to talk about it. We try to post there as much as possible. We love to hear what you guys, your feedback is. That there's a lot of people who are active on the site and on the forums, and we can't thank you enough. So that's really awesome. Um, every Saturday, there's a the iFanboy video show, which um, is completely different from the audio show. It's a, it's more of a focus. Sometimes there's interviews. Sometimes there's uh, Wackiness. Except for this show, which is exactly the same as yes. the audio yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, and we promise from here on out we'll leave our shirts on. Um, promise. And this week nothing. We, uh, we are just going over some more books from the vault. Yes, that will have came out yesterday if you're listening at home. Yes, yes. and you can go to revision3.com forward slash ifanboy for that. Uh, did you want a t-shirt? If you did, then you'd have to go to jinx.com slash ifanboy, jnx.com. Um, and if you send in a picture of yourself wearing said t-shirt, they'll send you stickers and all that stuff and send it to us. And... Uh, you know, represent. And if you want to get in touch with us, as we mentioned earlier, you can email contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Head over to Frapper Map at frappr.com slash ifanboys. Stick your pen in the map and represent your area. I'll be Josh at this part. And if you like us, you can be friends with us at various spaces on the That's internet. That's what I sound like. <laughs> oh, that's what I sound like. You're just using the same verb. Go on ifanboy.com. <laughs> I'm not that's not what no, I, I can't yeah. do. I can't do it. Um, oh my you God. want to have a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> so head over to MySpace. Like Jimmy Palmiotti. <laughs> All right. Head over to MySpace.com forward slash ifanboy, comicspace.com forward slash ifanboy, or go to verb.com slash ifanboy, or you can go to Facebook and search for the ifanboy group, or you can go to Twitter.com and track... Uh, uh, Twitter.com forward slash iFanboy and track iFanboy's every move. It's or, just or social network overlords. Yeah. We've well, all got our own pages, too. Yeah. I try to keep people away from um, the page. <laughs> there are places no, where you can help support the podcast by voting for it, like podcastalley.com or writing a review in iTunes for the video show or the audio show. But the best way to tell people about it is that people are ignorant about them podcasts. So if you think somebody might like this and they don't know about it, uh, tell somebody. Yeah, tell you them know, how to do it, too. Trust. And, and then... And, and if you like the show and feel like you want to donate some cash to the cause, people here can see all these equipment. That's not cheap. Uh, go to ifanboy.com slash donations and donate to the website. Uh, and uh, you click on the box. Also, we'll be going around with a basket after. <laughs> um, 
And um, and finally, like we said, this has been 100 episodes. In 2005, when I asked Josh and Connor if they wanted to do a podcast, I never... I started it. I never would have thought we'd be here. So um, I just want to thank everybody for listening, everybody at home listening to the show, everybody watching on the video, everybody here at Jim Hanley's Universe in New York. And most of all, I want to thank Josh and Connor because they're the best guys I could do a podcast with. So thank you. You're welcome. Yay! <laughs> This is the part where we just talk and then the face